Hey, good morning. I'm so glad to be worshiping with you this morning. Um, I, I decided that I would be cool and I would walk here from home. Uh, we only live about a five minute drive, which in my mind I was like, oh, that's easy, I can do this. Just throw everything that I need in my pack. We're fine, we're good to go. But I don't think I listened what my dad said about the importance of balancing everything in here. I'm not entirely sure what is in here. I probably should have had Ben come with me. I don't know. Um, I just wonder if this is how the Israelites felt when they were trying to follow all of the laws and if they just felt so weighed down by this full obedience to the law. And it's just a heavy, awkward burden to carry. And the Jewish leaders, some of the individuals within the Jewish community, they knew about the seriousness of sin. But the thing about them is that they didn't know quite what to do with their sin. And when Jesus came to earth and began his ministry, one of the opponents that he came up with were the Pharisees. And he would often go head to head with them about the law and about whether or not they should be obeying or what that looks like. Okay, guys, this is getting really awkward. I think I need to take it, put this down. So hang on one second. Too much, too much weight to carry. Let's see if this will. Oh, other way. We're good. Right there. Perfect. Whew, okay. And as we're going to read in Acts chapter 13, Paul teaches that it's not through our works, it's not through our deeds, it's not through the law that we are saved, it's through Christ. Because Christ came to fulfill the law and he became our mediator. And so a question that I want to ask you this morning as we explore Acts chapter 13 is this. Is there anything in your life that might be weighing you down? Is there anything that is holding you back, preventing you from being fully present before the Lord? What is it that you need to set down? And maybe you are so tied to something that it's hard for you to let go of that. Well, this morning we're continuing our one series in the book of Acts. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 13. And we're only going to be looking at three verses. Verses 38, 39, and 40. But there's a lot that is going on in these few verses. Paul is on his second international missionary journey. And he and Barnabas have gone to the church of Antioch in Pisidia. And this is pretty important because this is Paul's first sermon that he is preaching on his own. He doesn't have the help of Barnabas. And he and Barnabas have been invited to teach at the synagogue, of which there are Jews and Gentiles present. And so let's read now the final words that Paul teaches in Acts chapter 13. This is what we read. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. 
Now, like I said, there is a lot that is going on here, and we could go in a lot of different directions, but I just want to make three points that Paul is making here, and they are the weight of sin, justification, and freedom in Christ. Real easy things, right? Things that we just love to talk about and things that we just know exactly how to explain and what we believe in. Yeah, that's not entirely true, but let's unpack them just a little bit more for us to understand this. Um, sorry. Right, in order for us to understand this exhortation by Paul we have to go back to the beginning. We have to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Because the first point that Paul wants to make is that three-letter S word that we all love to talk about in church, and it is sin. And so we have to ask ourselves, we have to look at what is the weight of sin? Furthermore, what is sin? And I, and I, I bet I, we I all bet know, we know, 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 know what sin is. But in case you need a refresher, in case you might have forgotten what sin is, sin is defined as missing the mark, deviating from the norm, and falling short of God's glory. Right? We have all sinned. None of us are exempt from this. This wasn't in God's original plan. This, is, was, this wasn't what he intended for us. But through the rebellious and through the disobedience of Adam and Eve in the garden, sin and death entered this world and tainted that perfection that God had created and that he had designed for us. And because of this disobedience, sin separates us from God. Growing up, my dad introduced my sisters and I to the Chronicles of Narnia. C.S. Lewis is probably one of my favorite authors, and I just love reading these series. And in The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, we have the character Eustace. Now, if you have read these series, you know that Eustace was a self-centered, annoying, arrogant cousin to Lucy and Edmund. And the three of them, they go to Narnia, and they go on some adventures. Well, they find themselves at an island. And Eustace is just wandering around, thinking about these things, complaining. And he stumbles upon a dragon lair, and he picks up a gold bracelet, and he sticks it on. When he goes to sleep, he comes back up, and he becomes a dragon. He has been transformed into a dragon. And in this moment, he realizes that he is separated from his family and from his friends, and he realizes something needs to change. This is what sin does to us. It separates us from God and from what he had originally designed us to be. So we know what sin is. We've all experienced the consequence of sin, but how do sin and the law go together? What is Paul 
getting at in these verses? Well, like I mentioned, most of the Jewish, usually the Jewish leaders, they knew about the severity of sin. They've read the history of the Old Testament. They've seen the consequences by their forefathers, but they believed the only way to remove sin was being obedient to the law, to the Torah. This was a full observation of the law of Moses. And I don't know about you, but if you have read through those laws, that is a lot to remember, and that is a lot to observe. Seems like a lot of pressure on their end to observe and obey these fully. Right? It's impossible for anyone to meet these high standards the law requires because of our fallen nature. Because of the act by Adam and Eve, we are fallen. It inflicts a burden humans cannot bear themselves. And the reality is, if you're depending on your own strength, if you're depending on works for your salvation by keeping and observing the law, you're going to fall short. You're going to miss that mark. You just can't do it. We often saw that Jesus went head to head with the religious leaders on this. And because we're under the curse of sin, and we can't fully obey, and we can't fully observe the law, we need a mediator. Someone who can bear this burden on our behalf. Christ is our mediator. There is only one who truly fulfills the vocation of mediator between God and human beings, and that man is Christ Jesus. It is not the law. In 1 Timothy we read, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Paul specifically teaches that Jesus and Jesus alone is the one and only means of access between humans and God the Father, not the law. Christ is the only mediator available to us, whether we are rich, whether we are poor, male, female, slave, servant, king, Jew, Gentile. It's only through Christ. And this is huge. right? Paul is teaching to the Jews and the Gentiles here. He truly is fulfilling that commandment of spreading the gospel to Judea, to Jerusalem, and to the ends of the earth. The Jewish people, the Jewish leaders, they would have understood this significance as Jesus as their mediator. Because in their tradition, sacrifices were made when a sin was committed. And these sacrifices, they weren't a one-time event, but they occurred throughout their lifetime. And these temporary offerings, they're contrasted with the one-time sacrifice of Jesus on behalf of all of us who are sinners, who are fallen. And it's through faith in him, sin is eternally forgiving, offering access to God and right standing before him. And so if we can't make ourselves right with God, nor can we be made right through the law, how then can we be made right with God? 
Well, verse 39 reads, Through him, everyone who believes is set free from sin. A justification you are not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Right? The key phrase there is, through him. Through Jesus Christ. Paul specifically, right? And so one word we really want to focus on, a really easy word, is justification. I remember going into seminary and being like, all these big fancy words that I've heard before, I'm going to know exactly what they mean when I graduate. Yeah, that's not entirely true. Still things that I'm working on. Still things that I'm trying to understand. And justification, there's a lot packed into this one word. But justification can be defined as to justify something or someone means to declare it to be righteous. It is the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of God. Right? Real easy stuff. Justification is a status conferred by the court. And when God justifies us, he officially declares our legal standing before him to be one of righteousness, legally ascribing us to the righteousness of Christ in his act of declaration. Justification, therefore, both constitutes us and recognizes us as righteous in God's sight. And the consistent message of the New Testament is that the righteousness we are given It's not fake. It's not made up. It's not pretend. It is the actual and real righteousness of Jesus Christ, which he earned for himself by living a perfect law, life under God's law. Right? God the Father, he legally credits this perfect legal standing to those who believe in him. Christ didn't simply take our sin when he died on the cross. There was a double exchange that happened there. He also gave us his righteousness. God wants to save us from the stain of sin. This is known as justification. He cleanses us of our sins and he puts a new label on us. In other words, so he wants us, he cleanses us, right? And so if if we're not justified by what we do, how then are we justified? Well, we're justified by faith, right? Paul says that everyone who believes is set free. We're saved on the basis of faith, not on law-keeping, and certainly not on the basis of old covenant laws or our own deeds and actions. It's through Jesus Christ we have a right relationship with. And in other words, our relationship with God, it's a promise, just as Abraham's was. Laws that were added at Sinai, they can't change the promise given to Abraham, and those laws can't change the promise given to all who are Abraham's children by faith. The laws of Moses become obsolete under when Christ died for us, and we are now in the new covenant. The author of Hebrews says, For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Jesus is presented as the mediator of a new covenant, 
the first covenant, the Mosaic law, the one that those who were present before Paul would have understand. It provided a means for the condemnation of people, and through it, we clearly see that we have sinned, we have missed the mark, and that we need forgiveness, and that we need redemption. The new covenant mediated, presented through Jesus, offers us this forgiveness of sins. It offers us this freedom. And we are only right and we are only just before God. No person could ever earn that through works. So justification is a free gift from God that we receive by believing in Jesus Christ and trusting in him. The law does point us to Christ, right? But the law cannot give us salvation. The law cannot save us, but it can help us see our need for that salvation, which is only found in Christ. So as we think about all of this, how does this all pertain to us today? What does this mean for us? Well, the problem with bringing about our own justification is that we have all sinned. We have all missed the mark. We have all failed somewhere along the way. We aren't righteous. We aren't just. And an unrighteous and an unjust person can't simply declare themselves righteous and just. No amount of good deeds or works takes away whatever bad deeds there may be. That's why Christ came. That's why he is our mediator, to take away our sins and to grant us his righteousness. And the only way we are justified is through his life, death, and resurrection and what he has done on our behalf. This is freely offered to us. We just need to trust in him. We just need to believe in him. We're justified by his work and not our own. God declares us righteous because of what Jesus did, not because of what we do. Our works, the good, the bad, the ugly, are completely out of the picture. All that matters is Jesus. And as a result, justification is a free gift to us. We can't earn it. We can only receive it. Christ is the fulfillment of the law. And all the penalties that were due to God's people for disobeying the law were poured out onto Christ. And because Christ has fulfilled the law, obeying it completely and perfectly, we're no longer under the law, but under grace. Now we left Eustace as a dragon, lonely, separated from his friends and family, knowing that he needed to change something because that is not what he was created and designed to be. That's what sin does to us. It leaves us alone. It leaves us cut off from Christ and what he wants for us, what he desires for us. And it's only when we humble ourselves and realize we can't do this alone, we can't do this by our hand, that we believe and we let go. And so it's in our humility we must take off our layers 
and enter into the freedom of Christ. We must believe in him in order to receive the free gift of grace and be set free. And the final point that Paul makes here is freedom in Christ. Right? I want to place an emphasis here that he says, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Every sin. Past, present, and future. Sometimes it seems too good to be true, but that is the truth. We are set free from this when we believe. When we trust in him. God, by his grace, he frees us from sin. And in doing so, he makes us his own. He adopts us into his family. He makes us his son and daughter. What a beautiful picture that is. God loves us completely, despite our continued sins, despite our continued failures and setbacks. He still loves us. His blood covers all transgressions. Again, past, present, and future. Do you believe that? However, because we're unable to earn or pay anything towards our redemption, and because we're saved completely by God's grace alone, we have no right nor any ability to bargain with God for how he treats us or what he asks us to do. We're debtors to God's mercy, and we owe him whatever obedience he expects of us. Thanks be to Christ, because this is not an easy thing, but he says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Take up that burden. Let go of the things that are weighing you down. God is a good master. There is none better. Christ's work not only redeems us, and not only frees us, but it elevates us. Right? It says... In Galatians, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is huge for Paul to say, right? He had Jews and Gentiles with him. The gospel is available to us all, for all who believe in him become his children, adopted into his family, just like the Gentiles with whom Paul was speaking to the church in Antioch. They are his children. We are his children when we put our faith in him. It's simple as this. Forgiveness of sins leads to freedom in Christ. It's It's a simple thing. We complicate it a lot of the times. But when we are forgiven, it leads to freedom. We are set free from that burden. We are saved from the slavery of sin so that we might become slaves of righteousness. 
We're called to serve one another. We're called to be in community with one another. We're not called to serve ourselves. Christ demands everything that we have and everything that we are. We gotta put our faith, we gotta put our trust in him. And in order for us to ease our force from the weight and pain of sin, we must address ourselves, undress ourselves before the Lord. We gotta expose those things that are weighing us down. And I wanna I wanna go back to Eustace, who's a dragon, and what Aslan says to him. This is what we read. Well, he peeled the beastly stuff right off. And there I was, as smooth and soft as a peeled switch, and smaller than I had been. Then he caught hold of me. I didn't like that much, for I was very tender underneath, now that I had no skin on, and threw me into the water. It smarted like anything, but only for a moment. After that, it became perfectly delicious, and as soon as I started swimming and splashing, I found that all the pain had gone from my arm, and then I saw why. I turned into a boy again. The scene, it always grabs my heart. It reminds me that I can't fix myself. It paints a beautiful picture of transformation and of baptism to a new life. It humbles me as I put myself in Eustace's place. And even long after our initial transformation, we have the ongoing challenge of surrendering to God's work in our life, which can be painful at times, but necessary. Aslan says this final thing to Eustace. He says, It would be nice and fairly nearly true to say that from time forth, Eustace was a different boy. To be strictly accurate, he began to be a different boy. He had relapses. There were still many days when he could be very tiresome, but most of those I shall not notice. The cure had begun. The cure had begun. So what's our move? What do we do with this? Christ is our mediator. He is the fulfillment of the law. Through him and only him are we justified and set free from the slavery of Sin, And this is so profound for those that were present and listening to Paul that day in Antioch. And it is profound for us today to know that no matter how many deeds, no act on our end can save us. It's not up to us. It is only through our faith in Christ Jesus that will save and set us free. Christ longs for us to receive his forgiveness, to believe, and to be set free from the things that are holding us back from entering into this freedom. And so I want to go back to that question that I asked at the very beginning. Is there anything in your life that might be weighing you down? Is there anything that is holding you back, that is preventing you from being fully present before the Lord. 
Are there things in your life that you have become so attached to that are causing you to stumble? Or perhaps there's something in your life that you were hurt by. Do you need to enter into that freedom? Or maybe there's just added weight going on into your life that's just holding you back. Do you have a high standard that you've placed on yourself? Do you need to forgive yourself? Do you need to forgive somebody else? What do you need to unpack, to let go, to release? Or have you become a slave to something else other than Christ? What is it? Once you have identified and once you have named that, you can be set free and receive this free gift that Christ wants for all of us. And so as you go about your week, I want you to think about these two questions. Are you trusting Christ and believing the message of the gospel? And furthermore, what do you need to release today to receive the forgiveness of Christ? To experience the freedom that is only found in him. Maybe you're afraid to let go. Maybe you're holding on so tightly because it's become so familiar. I encourage you to release and let it go. To embrace your true identity for those who believe of being a child of God, being a son and a daughter adopted into his family. One who is loved unconditionally no matter what we do. And so may you be released today from whatever it may be that is causing you to feel burdened and weighed down. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this truth. Thank you for being our mediator, for carrying this burden. God, may we just release, may we let go of the things that we might be holding on to that is preventing us from being set free and from receiving the full forgiveness that is only found in you. Thank you, Father, for what you have done in our life. Amen.